Hey, Wonderfuls. Welcome to this special re-release of the Jessica St. Clair episode from Nyon many years ago. I can't wait for us all to listen to this together and remember a different time. Just a, a different time in the world. So it feels extra rewindy to be rerunning a, an episode that was many years ago, and then we talk about Jessica's teenage years many years before that. So it's a little meta. I hope you enjoy it, and uh, we will be back next week with a brand new episode. I gotta jump right into this because I am with a very busy lady in Hollywood, California in show business. I just shoved about a pound of steak in my mouth before <laughs> this interview, so I am like as geared up as a baby tiger. As as geared up as a sleepy baby tiger no, whose no, all the blood get- has rushed to your stomach. <laughs> to try to digest this meat, to but try I'm to ready for digest it. Digest and they understand the meat, the amount yes. of meat yes. that you just put into your belly. Yeah, but I needed to be, you know, fortified for this talk. Now, when you say steak, I understand that steak comes in many forms. I like to imagine you with a full-on white crisp linen napkin tucked into your yes. shirt, eating with like a knife and fork. Yeah. Was it steak no, from... I it was like it, a slab of steak. It was a slab of steak on... on of very few lettuce leaves and okay. that's what I ate, just ate and I that is what I eat I eat that amount of food of protein like at every meal yeah. how boring is that but oh, I do God. eat like I a baby a tiger I just have to like too. keep keep going keep going <laughs> so I don't fall apart at the seams baby tigers maybe not uh, doing as well in uh, network television as our friend Jessica St. Clair <laughs> however uh, we may be able to remedy that if we're if we pitch a great baby tiger show yeah, to NBC. Might. But um, we are in the halls of uh, NBC Universal right now, and I did this thing where I tried to shove too much into a day and, and created a situation where I was like, great, great, I'll come by and we'll podcast for an hour. And then immediately afterwards, I'll drive across down to Santa Monica to shoot something else. And it's going to be great. So um, so we're just jumping right in. I didn't, um, and and bless St. Clair's heart, she just like is game. I had set up a little area for her to sit on the couch and she down on the floor. got down on the floor with me. We're and down I, on, If I could, if we had like matching <sighs> strawberry shortcake um, <laughs> sleeping bags, I would have gotten in them right no! now. I would have. That kind of, is what Janet, it's all haven't about. we been at a sleepover together at Donna Fineglass's house? <gasps> Didn't we like in her, our early days, like yeah, maybe old, seven years her ago, old her house, old apartment? The upstairs. There were house. a lot of mattresses put on the floor, yes. a lot of candy, and we slept. Oh. I don't know if we actually committed to yeah. the full sleepover. I think I was to remember. There. I can't. I can't remember if I stayed. I definitely you intended were there. to stay. I was definitely there. Yeah. I can't and remember. I think we made some crank calls. Oh, I'm sure that yeah. took place. Yeah. That was, you know what? I love that we all that so many because I I knew you guys from, uh, com- from my comedy fest for yes. the comedy festival I run with Cole and Dave and and the fact that I that I happened to pick the time unknowingly when so many great UCB girls were moving from New York too to come to L.A. Oh, yeah, that was so nice. I know, me too. I feel the same way. All of I those friendships that just instantly solidified and made me feel so much less alone and so we're much less lucky. like, what am I doing? I yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm I would s- have had my boobs done immediately had it not been for you guys. <laughs> had it not been for that slumber party. <laughs> yes. Actually, it's just that one slumber party that, that kept that from happening. <laughs> um, I got to embarrass you for one yes. second because I was thinking about looking forward to seeing you because yes. we don't get to see each other as no, often as I would like. And um, I was thinking about 
when you I had of course seen you perform in New York um this is when Jess was still living in New York I was still living in San Francisco and I had seen you perform and you came and did the comedy festival oh with Jason and it was yes. it, with Jason and it yeah. was one of the first years I mean it might have been our second year maybe yeah. our third year yeah that was so fun and and it was so and thank you for trusting in us and wanting to oh, come no, do we it had a and blast. be a part of and it we, and, and I think we were paired with um Sloven and, um, Allen. Sloven and Allen, who oh, I just loved, and their guys. show is amazing. It's so different from ours, but it was like the but best pairing ever. It I was the it. best yeah. pairing ever, and it was one of the. It, I guess this is what I'm kind of getting to is, I was just thinking about you and thinking about how annoying it is when people say stuff like "she's got it," <laughs> please. But honestly, and I think I said this to you after the show too. There was so much in the show that. It actually speaks so much to what you what you're doing with BFFs. There was so much honesty in it, and oh, so much vulnerability you. in it, and silliness, and just this kind of to me this fearlessness of I don't want this to just be like funny. I want it to be a reflection of like some kind of maybe real stuff that I went through, or real insecurities. Oh, and I knew you, then, JV. looking back, that you were as kind of obsessed with the high school times oh, God, as I yes. was. And you guys had some great sketches all about that. And, and even in this show, in mm-hmm. Best Friends Forever, like I put in like last names of people from high school. Oh. Like I feel like that's it's such an intensely emotional time yes. that you can draw on it for the rest of your life. I Even agree. if you're telling stories about a girl in her 30s, you're still working out the issues you had when you were 16. I totally agree. You know, that guy in, in, in Best Friends Forever, BFF, my ex-husband is not a very good man. Right. And he cheats on me, and then he comes back and kind of tries to lure me back with him. And I was talking to my friend Kristen, and she said, because he has like a town car waiting, and he says, let's go to London, and I shouldn't do it. But the me of my 16-year-old me would have gotten in that car. And Kristen goes, I want to use this as a teaching tool oh. for my daughter. We're going to, when she's about 18 years old, we're going to show her. Now, see, Aunt Jessica didn't get into the car, but you're going to want to get into that car. But yeah. don't. But you have to get into the car. That's the point, or you won't <sighs> learn your lesson. Yeah. You have to get into that town I car. Know. You got to wake up in that hotel room in London and go, what was I thinking? That's what we always talk about <laughs> on the podcast is this is the idea of like, how do you, you just can't give, you can't deliver someone else's no, lesson. I you wish. cannot deliver someone else's lesson. You can only get, get work through your shit like yes. on your show or in yes. your on stage or in your, in You'll your writing it, or yeah. Every bad thing you do, <laughs> every embarrassing mistake you make, you will use it in some can, creative way. You'll make something good out of it later. I promise. Yeah. God, that must be so satisfying to be able to just pull those little nuggets from your life and have friends of yours that you grew up with go, oh my God, she just used that yes? someone's last name. Oh, and yes. Like, and that experience uh, or that, that boyfriend is like an amalgamation of all of our boyfriends that we had that yeah. were not good. You know what I mean? Why and so, not? yeah, it's very therapeutic. I've had some really wonderful conversations with my old friends, my high school friends yeah. about the show because they sort of see the evolution. They probably feel like yeah. it's just for them. Yeah, it is. And they in do. a way, they're not wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, they might be the only ones listening or oh, watching. Oh, that's <laughs> just the not truth. the case. That is just the not truth. the case. Um, let me put, let me, let me put your high school in context yes. for a second and, and ask you where you were born and raised and where you went to high school. I was born in Princeton, New Jersey, but I grew up in Westfield, New Jersey my whole life. So um, Westfield is about 
40 minutes from New York City, and it's very, like, picturesque New Jersey suburb. It's not like when you think of New Jersey and the big hair. There's none of that. It's much waspier than that sort of, um, you know, uh, white steeple church and, you know, a downtown with, like, a Pickwick village where you go to buy your, your curios, you know what I mean? Oh, your gifts, your, curios, your, your stationery, sure. et cetera. Your wagon wheel coffee yeah, your table wagon wheel for your country table. home. And um, I really, I loved growing up there, and I, I made some... I, seriously funny friends. People are really funny in New Jersey. They have like a sense of humor that's even different than a New York sense of humor, but it's it's sarcastic and sort of like they get the cosmic joke. Where does that come from? I don't Isn't that know. Fascinating. The I think kind it, of sense of humor that gets developed because like it's like a Wisconsin sense of humor. Totally I love, different. and it's yes. so different. And is that where uh, you grew up? No, no, I don't even know why. I where pulled, are you where from? I that Arizona. Arizona. God, I would never I, have placed you I in Arizona. Tell you, I'm trying to think if I. I love my fellow Arizonans, but I don't know They're if I would have though, right? said. I don't know if I would have said like Arizonans have a great sense of humor. Like, no, in, you, as a you're culture. not known for their sense yeah. of humor. But I thought Wisconsin because I immediately thought that's that. I don't know why the East Coast and then up north. Maybe yes. it's because maybe it's because there are more winters. It might be. Well, I also right? think because in New Jersey, there's a lot of. Um, first generation, second generation families, Italians. There's like a big. There's a. There's a Irish. There's a big um, kind of coming together of cultures that were very hard scrabble. So even though like my town was very affluent, my parents both grew up. My, my father grew up in South Philly in like a row home. Where I have no idea how they fit six children. And we we Oof. saw it. I was like, you'd have to turn sideways to walk into the door. And my mother grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. She had fourteen brothers and sisters. I mean, what? this was some Irish Catholic shit. Whoa. People were It was a crazy house So I think that's part of it Is you have to have A sense of humor Because your life Is so insane Yeah That makes sense Yeah, uh, yeah I like the idea of that That the, the people Who sort of found their way And part of that Is this kind of Hard earned sense of humor That yeah. ends up uh, Brightening up your days My dad always called it The cosmic joke He said when I was like Six years old I remember coming home From playing with somebody Who was particularly boring And I was like Oh <laughs> I cannot go back there I was very I've At a very young age I you could not standards. stand boring people. I didn't care if you were, you know, shy or mean or whatever you were. Just please be interesting. Mm-hmm. Say something interesting. Be Boy, weird. I hear that you Anna know what Green I mean? Gables coming out in you already. <laughs> oh, Anna Green Gables. I, can't, I loved Anna Green Gables. I don't I know. Now, June and I spent, uh, I apologize to the listener and I apologize to you. I don't apologize. You. If you well, spent time talking about it, yeah. I'd say you're welcome. Well, yes. I was going to say, I, I was going <laughs> to say, I don't want to put everyone through an entire episode of Anna Green Gables even though I know that we could get there because all the boys who listen to this podcast were so patient even one wrote and said I'm reading Anna Green Gables now because you and June oh I love that made me feel like it was <laughs> worth reading I was like oh I hold it I really hope it holds up for a for a guy for an adult it man holds up but it is just pure gold I didn't mean to no, uh, but it set is. you off but I just I already heard it when you said you didn't like boring kids so we can exactly. come back to Anna Ex- Green Gables but Ugh. you were you were playing with a boring kid and you came yeah, home my father said basically Jessica people there are two types of people in this world. One, you're born knowing the cosmic joke, which is the irony of life. And, and there's another group of people that are not, they don't know, they're not in on it, the cosmic joke. And, and unfortunately, you can't learn to be a part of it. You just, you either have it or you don't. And you, those people who are not tuned into the cosmic joke, they're happier people on the whole. They live a happier existence, yeah. but you will never, you will never be able to love them, <laughs> truly love them. And I was like, what? And it's true. That's a really yes, insightful really thing of your dad insightful. to say for as young as you were, yeah. but it is true. It's and, hard. And he said, don't hate them because they're not tuned in. It's not their fault. It's how they're born. 
Yeah. But I yeah, think, I think you're right. <laughs> Don't worry. No one who listens to this podcast, they no, all they're all in on it. In. That's they're all I know. in on it. No one would ever want no. to unless they no, were in on it. Of course not. Um, and so the kid that you were playing with just was like boring. Yeah. So there were, I mean, certainly in my town, huge uh, uh, importance on fitting in. And so I did try to hide my true personality as much as I could, my weirdness, um, up until I graduated. I mean, people who know me from high school are very surprised I'm a comedian because I, I don't think I was considered very funny or because mm. I, I, I knew that you, that's not how you got a boyfriend, certainly. Yeah. And, and so I was very smart and I would, and I would like do well in school because I wanted to go to a good college. But I, I kept the, that part of me, the funny part of me, I kept sort of only for my closest friends. Interesting. Knew it. But the rest, because boys don't want you to be funny at that point. And so you do keep it to yourself. I think it's a real shame. Did you have a, a, was it like a group of girlfriends that all kind of were friends with each other? Were you more of a one-on-one girl? I had a group of girlfriends. I always had a best friend, Mm -hmm. you know, but I had a, I had a best friend and then I had a group of girls that we all, you know, I think were bonded over, over the kind of social things we wanted to do going out to, to parties or to and getting dating and that kind of stuff and and I wouldn't say that we were real soulmates in that way. Okay, it wasn't until I got to college that I met like my true soulmates and my kindred spirits. But I had two my my best friend who's currently you know still my best friend in the whole world who I sort of was inspired to write best friends forever about. She I met she was a year below me in high school and we met like months before I graduated in high school and then we became friends in a very Victorian manner we wrote letters oh and and I don't know we just (gasps) fell in love and then it was lifelong friendship and I I we always say we're going to retire together to Boca Raton we'll live on her public school salary because I will have already blown my money (laughs) her pension and we're going to get wicker furniture and that's going to be this the end of the story I love that you have letters and I'm sure you've saved we have saved them in like a hope chest are you kidding me I love I love that so it's very weird so that but that again like I wouldn't have found her when I was trying to fit in yeah you know I was really trying to be somebody that I wasn't really what did that mean in terms of school itself and and classes and kind of what you pursued was it with was that athletics or theater or well I um I definitely I it, it wasn't the type of school where you hid that you were smart and wanted to do well so that I that I I was a big nerd and I was always like studying and and trying to do well in school and then I secretly loved theater, but I was told by, by most of the people <laughs> involved in the theater that I, my talents weren't really needed. Um, I was always in the way back of the musical. You know, we never did comedies in school, so I didn't know I was good at that. And I yeah. certainly wasn't great at, at hoofing it. You know, like tap dancing wasn't my thing. My parents had sort of tried to encourage me to be more of a team player. So we didn't really, they didn't really push me towards the arts. Jessica, no need to shine yet. They didn't no need, need me to shine. To they were shine. like, you're shining Stay enough, dull. you're screaming. Take your volume down and learn how to play with others. So I was definitely more into sports, but I didn't really care. The thing about sports is I was like, um, this is fun and all, but like, I'm not going to be a professional tennis player. So why am I going to try that hard? But I always enjoyed like the camaraderie, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was often like the captain of my tennis team, but I was the worst tennis player amongst them. <laughs> 
But I threw like bringing a good, other good tennis yeah, players exactly. together. That was my thing. I didn't care. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, we we who who cares if we win or lose? Do you know? We must. Your Martina. What I, was it? Navratilova. Who yeah, cares? that totally makes sense. <laughs> I have two questions that have come up that I've never asked on the podcast before. Yes. I cannot believe I've never asked this. I'm strangely proud of myself for never asking it. What sign are you? I'm a Virgo, I've and I'm a hundred percent a Virgo. Interesting. Nervous anxious critical of your critical of myself trying to do the right thing i had a little journal that i would write down at the end of the night what not to do ever again weird things i'd said weird i mean that was really weird the list maker maker, i was like don't ever tell antonia lafredo you know that her hair looks good like that she looked at you weird you know i was just very very um you know, uh, like self monitoring. Yes, yeah, self monitor. Totally. Oh, that's so interesting. I would say the nice thing about being a comedian that I never expected was that um, there's so all of our girlfriends are very much like us. We were nerds as children yes. and nice girls, and and so why we wound up doing this for a living, nobody knows. But like people would have maybe a, 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 an idea that female comedians are like these like a uh, real manly type of like aggressive women. We are not like that at all. We like to talk about astrology. We like to have Anna Green Gables themed parties where we make olden days punch. Like it really, what's been nice for me is I feel like being in your thirties and being a comedian, you can actually be the nerd self that you tried to hide in high school. Absolutely. I don't know if you did that. Oh no, but I did that. I, I'm trying to think of how much I hid. You know, it's funny because <clears throat> And uh, you guys know that I release these wildly out of order. So I'm fairly sure that this I'm actually going to release this because BFFs is airing right now. I want to yeah. give it some love Please, and hopefully you. get my five listeners yeah, to uh, <laughs> you tune to in to, add to your seven of your 12. high school students, uh, high school, former high school friends. But um, so I, I but I talked to Donna and Danielle together oh. one day and uh, recently. And so I'll probably release them later because I want to, as, as I said, uh, give some love to BFFs. But um, Donna well, unabashedly was a freak yes. like like a self-acknowledged freak I think she hired like, a, like an 18 wheeler to drive her to the prom yeah, she, I mean I, she's, I'm I in have, awe of that yeah, kind of thing I worked like the pippy braids it's all there and I was a kind of I think I was in between the two of you gotcha. I was sort of proud to be kooky but yeah. a little bit still like how questioning with like keeping the journal of like how kooky am i and is this okay and there's still like way <laughs> way too much introspection on the going kooky on. scale yeah am i pushing it yeah <laughs> am i if i'm at a hovering around a seven i probably shouldn't go any further than that um i okay i know that we share our love of green gables yes. guys i'm sorry again to get into that but so i was gonna say this is so unfun to bring that up to you and then say you can't talk about it. No, but did you have other uh, children's books or like that I loved books that you loved? I loved anything to do with the olden days. I, 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 I am and was obsessed Will with. Will you place it ye olden days? Ye olden days. Yes. I mean, I, I just yeah. recently, whenever things get tough in the real world, which is a lot, like this weekend, for instance, I came home on a Friday night and I said to my husband, you got to fire up Masterpiece Classics, Classics oh, Emma, the agree. new one. You saw the oh, new one. Oh, I haven't one. seen it oh, yet, but God. I love Janet, that I'm girl. Jealous. I'm jealous. The blonde. Ro- um, yes. Roma. She has Roma. a very weird wor- yeah, yeah, uh, name. Yeah, yeah, She's in that. She's in so many. She's blonde. in the, the Hour, the, that is. other BBC she show, which is great. She absolutely is. It's so beautiful. You're going to... Oh, I'm so wait. jealous. Like, I'm so jealous you have four hours ahead of you. You know what? I'm so familiar with the story. I didn't bother with it. I was like, I've oh. seen... I know. I've read Emma a it's bunch. so <gasps> good. 
It's so good. And I actually love oh. the Gwyneth Paltrow version. But I do too, yeah. So yeah, all of, all of oh, the Jane Austen good. novels, I loved Little Women, uh, Pride and Prejudice. You know, although Anna Green Gables was my first love, so I would reread that like obsessively. Same. Little House on the Prairie, I, I loved. I was because I never Little House on the Prairie did. I liked it. It yeah. didn't obsess me the way, but I love the details of the general store and the Christmas candy and the living in a dugout house. I just love that. The general store. Oh, I want to also go to an the Anna general Gables. store to so go to bad. to go and have someone sh- like scoop shovel out, beans, scoop into out your a brown bag sugar into and a the satchel bags of flour, and to, and, and to order a bolt of calico and your buttons. I mean, I just love that. And oh my I, God, I think, the only two guys who listen to this podcast <laughs> just stopped. They just unsubscribed. And I know, could literally feel the unsubscribe yes, in the future they don't get happening. It. My husband will just be like, Ugh. he understands. Anna Green Gables is on. He doesn't need to sit there with me, but right. he knows things have hit a dark point. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. And I just need it. And I'm not sure what it is. Oh. I think it's because um, people's emotions in those books are very true and, and there's no like, there's no bullshit about it. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and they go, these women go through these struggles, but they come out the other end. So it just feels good to go. Oh yes. You know? Yeah. And I think also the, the, the timelessness of it that you like, it's fun to watch sex in the city and go, Oh, the, the, the belly button thing and the right. cat eating it. And that's all contemporary. <laughs> and it's so great because it's contemporary and very real in a way. Um, but something about the timelessness of like from the, from the dawn of time, yes. this is how the ladies have had to make it work. And they do. And it's the same, you know, yeah. You read and and you read about like you know Jane Austen and her real life when she's like she was the one right who's had all these hardships happen to her. I and, think and so. She never married and you know it's just I I yeah I'm inspired by women who have to like make it uh, as a writer let's say and no one and everyone thinks they should just be home with kids because even though we're living at the I don't mean to get too feminist but like people still expect you to do that yeah you know so so it, it's still i mean it's kind of sad how much we still relate to that kind of stuff yeah you know god i love i love everything that you but just said sisters are um, doing now it themselves. i'm gonna ask this uh because i can't ignore it yeah now there's a fred savage connection with oh. bffs and we love our fred savage so my question is were you anyone's winnie cooper Guys, if you're not familiar, those younger viewer, uh, l- viewers, first of all, if you're viewing something, you're in trouble because you're not listening to this podcast. There's no visuals. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> listeners. And if listeners, you're seeing something, you may you be should call on a some drugs. Uh, but but if you have not uh, checked out The Wonder Years, know that that, that time frame was perfect for uh, St. Clair and I growing yes. up. And so I'm assuming, yes, that I you watched it. Fred so were yes. you anyone's Winnie Cooper? I wasn't anyone's Winnie Cooper because I was always the weird like loud, too loud girl. Winnie was so sweet and so um, alluring at that age. Yeah. I was never that girl. I was chase. I think I was chasing. After I was people chasing more people. Than I was, I being was chased, chasing yeah. people. I also had a dead front tooth that I need to talk about, which is when I was like, I don't know how old, maybe five. I ran into the side of a coffee table and I gave myself the dimple that I have is is actually a scar. Okay, but it also I had no idea. Yeah, this is a scar That's that a will eventually dimple. It will eventually be like a carved in stone wrinkle. Oh. But at any rate, I, I guess I knocked my tooth out. Whatever they put it back in. I don't know why my parents didn't think it was appropriate to get that cosmetically <laughs> fixed before I was in f- fourth grade. 
But like I switched schools in third grade and I used to wear very like um, my mother is a seamstress by trade. So she would make all of my clothes and I would wear like olden days types of outfits. Now, I thought it was awesome. The school that I was at before I switched, I moved from the um, wrong side of the tracks to the right side of the tracks that those kids thought thought I looked awesome. I looked like Laura Ingalls. okay, until third grade. I didn't wear jeans. I didn't know really what they were. It sounds like I was I didn't know what a spree was. So I remember I, I started my first day of third grade and these, this girl came over and she goes, what's up with your dead tooth? And I'm like, what? And like, I didn't even realize like half of my tooth was brown. Oh, no. So I actually think those types of experiences are what made me a comedian. Here I was Absolutely. walking around with a dead tooth. I didn't know anything oh, about it. What's up with your dead tooth? <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure I like spent the rest of my elementary school career trying to make her my friend, my best friend. Like well, that sounds about right, right to me. And then she the was, more they hate you, the more you try yeah. to win them over. Yeah, and that's she was show like, business. You know what? You should have bangs. Now you're looking at my hair. I shouldn't have bangs. I got a widow's peak that goes all night. Oh. But I, I cut bangs. I looked horrible. I got Hugh Grant's haircut from Four Weddings and a Funeral and a bang. <laughs> And I was just like, is this what you want? Do you love me now? Oh, no. Yeah. And then she told me that that, oh, that, no. that song, Dude Dude Looks Like a Lady, was really Dude Looks Like She's 80. And it was about old people. And I, and I believed her. You know what I this mean? This is like classic. You had a one-on-one bully who was like emotionally abusing you. Yes. Who and was it like was basically getting it's in like there that Neil LeBute play <laughs> where she just like yeah. weirdly circles of whatever what is that what, I what can't is it remember called? what it's called they made like, the movie about it too yes. that Paul Rudd was in and was phenomenal it's in like as circle usual. meets a square or something circle. like that circle turns into a square circle with a dead tooth <laughs> um wow so she just manipulated you oh, yeah how terrible her home life must have it been must have been I mean who knows where she is now but she really did a number on me and my mother of course your mother always knows who's bad for you and you don't listen to her, but she knows. She says to you, I don't, like the, I don't like the cut of that woman's jib. And you say, you don't know her. You're judgmental. And then when you realize your bangs are too short and there ain't nothing you can do about it, you should have listened to her. Your scrabbly widow's peak <laughs> that probably just grew straight out straight like a little out. veranda. It was oh, terrible. Bless. And then my mom thought, because I had such thick hair, I should always have a real short bob. And it looked like um, it looked like a, a bicycle helmet, like oh, an aerodynamic, because the weight of it. And I kept that bob well into my 20s. I mean, I wish that's the one thing I, I remember wish I when you had uh, short chin-length hair. I always thought it was really it was cute. Terrible hair. Really? That was terrible I'm hair. I'm going to have to look back on some pictures, because oh. I must have had horrific Your no hair taste. has always been gorgeous. You had a short haircut at some point, I right? did. I did. And I, l- listen, you say that. But I gotta scrounge up some pictures. I went no, so Janet. short at one point. And it probably looked so gorgeous, short. And you dyed it like blonde. And no, I looked and- like Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> I already looked like Macaulay Culkin. I really looked at, no, like Macaulay don't. Culkin. I did have seven different people during that time tell me I looked like Hugh Grant. Because I, from the listen, eyes up, he I has do. Great hair. No, I do. But you, I'm a woman. People were like, you know who you look like? I literally like? just Grant. slapped my knee. <laughs> yeah. I literally knee slapped. Oh, so the dead tooth, I mean, it's been oh. covered up. But every so often, if I bite down on if I use it to open my teeth to open something, it can always be exposed again, guys. It's oh. living under there. <clears throat> That's a ca- This is a cap. I had no idea. Yeah, it's real. This is real. This is Remind real me to ask guys. you what's up with your dead tooth the next time we <laughs> randomly run into it as our new greeting. That'll be our new greeting <laughs> to each other. Girl. Hey, what's up with your dead tooth?
Those girls often have mean moms too, because yeah. I don't know where you learn to behave that way. It's not right. Yeah, I, it's that's an interesting question because I've I've talked to some people who had really rough home lives who did kind of take it out on other people and feel terrible about it. Yeah, and I've talked to people who, by the way, I did not have a great home life, you know, especially during my parents' divorce, and I just. <clears throat> I almost wish I would have known how to get it out somehow because yes. I just like g- felt it at home and then I went to school and got bullied also. So it really was like there was no escape you were getting at all. it at home and I at was school. getting it everywhere. Uh, um, all right. So I'm jumping back to my okay. questions. Let me say also, I'm already projecting ahead to the end of this podcast, feeling sad that it's over. Oh, I will feel sad too. Which I, wish I, could I can't stay in this room. I mean, that's forever. ridiculous. Uh, I also wanted to throw out that how much I appreciated the recent Marky Post reference. <sighs> Did you watch Night Court? We watch Night Court. Lennon and I also are obsessed with Lifetime movies. Yeah. Because, well, first of all, I'm afraid of them. But then I, then I just watch. I'm very, uh, I'm very, very afraid of scary movies. Anything that has to do with anyone getting raped or killed, especially a woman, I cannot stand. Like, Silence of the Lambs, I saw in eighth grade. It's, like, terrible. It terrifies me still to this day. But I will, like, if I'm on JetBlue on a flight, I will, I will of course, get sucked into. There was one that I watched called May I Take Your Order, <laughs> in which a man was abducting women at Del Taco drive throughs <laughs> It's terrible tying them up and then whispering, "May I take your order before he kills them?" Or whatever. No, he yes. Does and so not. I was out of flight, and Jason Manzukas, who was my writing partner at the time and also my best friend from college, he said, "You know what? You really can't handle this. I think you should turn it off." And I said, "Don't tell me what to do. I'm a grown woman." And I continued to watch it. And then we were house sitting, and what he did was he waited until I fell asleep. <laughs> he crawled into my room. And whispered in my ear, may I take your order while I was dead asleep? And I almost had a heart attack. And I'm like, what would you have done had I died? Would that have felt good to you? But anyway, I can't believe it was called uh, may I take your order. And there wasn't a colon afterwards that said the Bridget Farbinger story. It was. It was called may I take your order. The other thing. So then. So. So in our show, we had Marky Post starring in a Lifetime movie, original movie called Losing Face facing yourself in which her ex-husband she she opens the door her ex-husband shoots her in the face she does she then has to learn how to speak and walk again (laughs) now the other movie that was our alternate joke for that was called pleasure this is that now that's a made-up movie marky post never starred in this movie she never got shot in the face she never got but we also said that it had only aired once in america because it was too graphic so it so this was the second viewing that's why it was so important the other movie we had was called pleasure doing business in which a young rose Byrne gets a job as a secretary to Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> and Sigourney develops a psychosexual obsession with Rose Byrne. Okay, and in one scene, walks in to her office late at night with a blazer, no bra, opens it and says, I think you know where to put those files, Mrs. Corbett. <laughs> so that will hopefully be in it. season two. I love it, and I love <laughs> that I can feel that you almost feel like you saw that movie. I That's do. how real it is. Some That's our, how real it our is. Our PAs made a poster of it oh. um, with Sigourney and then Rose and, and there was, they, uh, anyway, it was amazing. You know what it reminds me of though is I, I share your enjoyment of Lifetime movies, although it's been a long time since I indulged. Yeah. Um, but remember when, did you see Wildflower that Diane Keaton directed? No. That came out on Lifetime as a Lifetime original movie. I need to see that immediately. And it's, and it's directed by Diane Keaton, starring Patricia Arquette. What? And what is it about? What I is think Reese Witherspoon. Oh, that sounds like a phenomenal It cast. is about, listen, I haven't seen it since it came out, so if it doesn't hold up, I apologize. But I do love all of the women I've just named. Yes. And you're going to lose your mind. 
when I tell you what it's about. Wildflower. Does There's it no way of describing somebody it. raising horses. I feel like I could come up with no. something if I needed to. You're going to have to go a little bit further into the lifetime world because Patricia Arquette was basically like a wildling that they she found was almost like a nail. Like and she was deaf. Oh, that's amazing. And, and raised, they, she, she gets, raised and herself. She gets, yeah, and she gets, or she was raised and by someone who had neglected her. her. And then she comes in, and they, as a teenager, they bring her into their home. Somewhat of and like, they a, like an Eliza to, Doolittle story, but for Lifetime. And I for, will and for absolutely the find this movie. And instead of editing episode six out. today, I will watch it with you Lana. You will ball your eyes oh, out. That sounds wonderful. We both know I'm watching Emma at the soonest <laughs> oh, possible you have moment. To. I'm just so jealous um, of you. Oh, oh, that's right. I'm circling back to Marky Post. Did yes. you watch it when you were when you were younger? Did you Night watch Court? Night Court reruns? I wasn't a huge fan of Night Court, okay. but I did go. Lennon and I went back and, and just saw some scenes. I mean, Marky really kept it very tight. Her body tight. Her hair was that beautiful helmet. She was a very attractive woman. She wasn't. She was very busty. And the reason that I was curious about that and what I wanted to bring up with you is and find out what your version of this is. I feel like I learned about sexuality from Night Court. (laughs) Did you really? Because John Larroquette's character was so lascivious. Oh, interesting. That he was like constantly trying to sleep with everyone and sort of looking at everyone's butt and like he was obsessed with Marky Post's boobs. And it was all part of the comedy. And she was like, yeah, she was, she liked Terry. She was a triangle. It was a triangle situation. Yeah, real Jane Austen. And and so... With bigger blazers. With much, much (laughs) Much bigger shoulders, much bigger (laughs) blazers. But yeah, I was I would watch it and I became uh, obsessed with with the sexuality of that because I didn't understand it. And so that's kind of how I got acquainted that's with interesting. it. And I'm wondering Three's what company. that was. Perfect. Three's company. Perfect. My parent, my mother did not really care for us watching it, but she didn't really care enough to walk up the stairs to tell us to turn it off. Yeah, it was so, like it, the, my, yes. my same thing with Night Court. My dad would be like, "That's trash," yeah, but then he would just let me watch they just it. Don't really care, yeah. and, and and there wasn't the whole thing where we shouldn't watch TV. Like we watched, I could, would come home and it from three thirty to five thirty, I would watch back to back Flintstones. Like I really think the Flintstones might have really informed me <laughs> as a comedian, which is terrible. And then I would roll in about remember at about the six o'clock hour. Six Six to seven thirty, there were um, Three's Company, Sanford and Son, mm-hmm. the Jeffersons, etc. But yeah, I love Three's Company because uh, Jack Ritter was just really Jack Tripper was really like you know the sexiest guy, and I wanted to live that life where there was he was always about to make out with her, and then they would get interrupted, and he would say, "Now where were we?" And I'd be like, "Come on, get to it." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I wanted, I but just held out just, the hope they also, would do it. He's kind of a great. Uh, God, I have so many things I want to talk to you about. Uh, uh, put a pin in this. L- remember this. Chips, I wanted is, to the ask other, Chips you... is the other show that, oh, okay. where okay. I, was, that was, I was really sexually obsessed with Let's put people. a pin in this question for a second later because I want to keep talking about uh, John Ritter slash yes. Jack Tripper. Um, I, wanna, I wanted to ask you if your mom uh, foresaw this, like if your mom had the same value judgments about boys that you dated as, they did, as she did about girls that she knew weren't right for you. But don't oh, answer yes. that yet. So let's remember that. I also wanted to say um, that I and what made me think of that was that he's a great iconic character for a comedy girl, for a comedy lover yes. and for a comedian, because it was like he was always about to make out with someone. It was sexy, but he was such a goofball, such a goofball, such a goofball to see that same with like almost like a, I mean, I can't believe I'm about to compare Steve Martin characters with yes. Jack Tripper, but that same like because there was a lot of like sort of raunchy sexy stuff in early Steve Martin movies like All of Me yes, or like, uh, I was which very I was attracted to in early now it feels attracted. like I'm like attracted to my dad when I say yeah. that because he's so old yeah. but yes I love at the time I was so sexual I mean or, I was or you know who else I loved him. was um, I loved Abney Coleman 
always thought he was so Bring hot it. in the muffin. Muff, I'm going to um, throw another muffin mustache muffin. in there and give you Kevin Klein. Yes. Oh, yes. And Charles Grodin. And I, Charles I always Grodin. had a thing for Charles Grodin. These are men that I was Wonderful. just like, yes, I will I fall in love with a man who is funny. I Absolutely. couldn't agree more. So I, it, it's interesting to me that it makes sense to me that the Jack Tripper thing and yeah. the sexuality thing would kind of make sense. You know, yes. just it just that that would speak to you in that way. Yeah. Um, let's go back. Let's let's go back to your mom and her her uncanny ability to also know when a guy was wrong for you. Or well, right here's for you. the thing. Actually, my mother didn't like anybody I dated, good or bad. Okay. She, I don't know what it was. I guess, hmm, well, my mother's really Irish Catholic, and so the idea of having sex before marriage was not something that she did, and it wasn't something she expected me to do, and 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 she grew up in Scranton where girls are nice girls, and she went to Marywood College and all women's college, so I think that, that, that she was a little threatened, you know, any guy that I would get serious, and I really only had a high school boyfriend I, that, that I dated for, th- for all three years of high school that I was like madly in love with. Aww. And she didn't, she really found a way not to like him. And he was a really good guy. And then I thought, well, okay, because he was half Hawaiian, very exotic in New Jersey. I'll say. I mean, the pecs on this guy. <laughs> it was something else. But he was, he was very um, alternative for, you know, his mother had had him when she was 17. So she was 34 at the time. She was an amazing woman. And, and he was definitely kind of a, iconoclastic. That was the way I acted out with sort of my boyfriend that I had. He, wasn't, he didn't fit the mold of what everyone in New Jersey was doing. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll go out and in college I'll find a guy that my mother will really like. I was very much wanting that approval. Interesting. And so I dated a guy that met all of those requirements. On paper. On paper. He's like an investment banker now. He lives in Connecticut. Again, lovely, lovely man. She didn't like him either. So then I realized, oh, she feels threatened somehow. Like maybe that I, she would be, I would be taken away from the family by this. Mm-hmm. Pro- I don't know what it was, but it was really, really tough. Were your parents still married? They were. And are they? They are. Okay. And it just... I don't know. We struggled with it. Hmm. I think also like, cause she and I had a very contemptuous relationship when we were younger. We fought all the time and now we love each other madly and our best friends. But in, when I was in high school, we really went at each other and I think she was embarrassed of that. And I think she would think that my boyfriend would know about it. And that was something she wasn't comfortable with. Inter- oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, that there's some sort of breach to the intimacy of Oh, yeah. Also, those our family, and- you know how some of those families are like, the boyfriend becomes like part of the family right. and they're allowed to come on Especially after vacations. three years, yeah. Yeah, ours not was case. not like that. You, you, kept, you kept it very, very professional. Very, very like, we, unless you're marrying this person, we don't really welcome you into our yeah. family that way. Do you way. have siblings? I've heard I have ask. a younger brother. Okay totally different yeah. everybody he ever dated has been welcomed with open arms it's been really tough Interesting. it was tough stuff for me because finally i realized oh okay like i'm never gonna please them and why am i trying to with who i'm dating this is insane so i met the my husband in, in college and i was like this is it you know what i mean i i this is the guy i have to spend the, i mean that was very jane austen when i met and fell in love with him and i thought well my parents are just gonna my mother especially she's just gonna have to get on board and she has but i mean again that took time so interesting and we really care about what our mothers think yeah even if you don't like your mother or you don't agree with her values you want her to approve of what you're doing i think i I think i've come to terms with that in a way that i never had just in the last few years and i don't think it's a coincidence that it was when i hit the age that my mom was when she had me like somehow the reality of that really set in my mother had also lost her mother when she was 13 or 14 and so 
at a certain point, my mom didn't have a blueprint. Also, she had 14 brothers and sisters, so her relationship with her mother was not what she had with it me. It couldn't possibly be. Couldn't possibly we were be fighting the same. for attention. Sure. And, and she didn't, the mom didn't have any attention. So then she was, she died. So I think my mom lost a roadmap of sorts. And so I really have a lot of uh, empathy for what she was going through. She didn't know that we were supposed to fight. She thought that nobody fight, fought with their mothers. Yeah. Because she didn't fight with her dad. It, you didn't fight with your dad. Your dad said, this is what's happening. There's 14 of you. You better do it. Of course. You know what I mean? So Yeah, talk about no roadmap. It's so true. <laughs> There's, it, the must have just felt in some strange way like there was a spotlight on her all the time as a mother in a way that could because just it's like she felt lost trim away all those extra kids and all of a sudden it's just like a white hot light on you and her all the time exactly and my little brother was just didn't push it as much you know he was shy i was like i loved i was like a little cat burglar i loved i never i never drank and i never smoked mostly because i was such a control freak i didn't want to ever feel out of control but i love sneaking out of my house in the middle of the night it was like my favorite thing to do. It still would be. I wish that I wasn't allowed to leave my house in the middle of the night so yeah. I could still do it. But I would be I like, know. like if I needed to steal the Hope Diamond, I could do it. I love this. I, would I just did some like, sneaking also yeah, you, for the sake it. of sneaking, just not for really the sake. for. Sometimes I'd get out of my house and I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> There's nothing to do in New Jersey. One time I went to a White Castle at 3 a.m. Oh, great. You know, it's just me and it's my best safe, friends. But yeah, it's, it's great. Not safe. You shouldn't yeah. be doing that. But um, but I enjoyed it. But you have to. I think you have to rebel. And where is that adrenaline rush coming from? And for you, it became coming from. There has to be some sort of activity exactly. that you're doing. It's too. There's there's too much. I think that you have to unleash. You just you have do. to get out of your system somehow. And exactly. And uh, it's probably going to be one of the things that we <laughs> talked about. Um, speaking of boyfriends and and the kind of makeup stuff, I was thinking about this when I was um, getting ready to come meet you. I was like impatiently trying to get my makeup on as fast as I. I could yeah. and I was trying to stunning. remember like it's really been a downhill slide in the last few years between the enjoyment I used to take oh, and God, kind of yes. the cherishing of my own face and like I didn't think of it as like covering something I really think of it as enhancing and yes. da, 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 and and the difference between that and kind of how I feel now which is like let's just get this done and you so have you can to wear it that's life. the thing when I yeah. forget my makeup back I'm like oh no I'm yeah, gonna problems. look sick for the rest. Can of the I day. stop at a? <laughs> do I need yes. to stop at a drugstore? Or sometimes I make yeah. Lennon give me something. She'll be like, "Well, do you have any eye diseases?" I'm like, "Oh, come on, Lennon! Like, I'll you steal her mascara. You would know by now if I had pink eye." Yeah. Um. But yeah, and but I, I don't want to get a dead tooth. Is oh, that contagious? God, honestly, the dead tooth it might come out. Um. The other thing is that remember when you used to re blow dry your hair? Like you do it in the morning, go to high school, then well, let's say you're going out at night, you'd redo it. Here's what I have to say about that. Yeah, I did not have. A blow dryer nor did I know how to really use a you blow dryer I, for some reason even when I was getting super into makeup and stuff I didn't have a good relationship with well that's a good. blow that's dryer your hair was so healthy I think I thought I had to like let it dry naturally so that I could then curl it into just the top part into poofs and then this is junior high mind you and then in high school I just never did anything with my hair it was long and it just so hung down and I didn't put anything in it with your hair now yeah you, I like every do. time I see you there's something a little different and I'm always mm-hmm. loving it and you tell me sometimes you do your own you'll color your you'll, I do this is right out of a box like, that's amazing to me if you guys could see the listeners could see it it looks like spun gold I can't. You have a future. You could like. I believe. I would let you cut my hair right now if you. If I did, used to cut hair. I I mean, I used to cut my own hair, and I used to cut like. Yes, I knew you did. Hair and yeah. 
When it was shorter, I felt like better about it. Now I get nervous that I'm going to do something no, it's weird. Stunning. Do you remember when you first started? Pu- I, look at me. I'm all like, do, uh, let's push this you're off to stunning, a topic though. that's more about she you. Is, you're a stunning woman. Uh, I can edit all of this out. I'm <laughs> trying to edit not. less because you better I wanna, not. Oh man. Um, do, do you remember when you started putting on makeup? Like, did your mom have a hard and fast rule about? We had no when you rules. Could... My mother loves blush. I don't know if I it's a Scranton too. thing, but my mother, you cannot have enough blush on. And all of her seven sisters, when I'm six sisters, sorry, when um, when you're at a family function, it is not unusual that a, not only your mother, but another aunt will put blush on your face so that my cousins, I have a couple cousins who are exactly my age and we actually look exactly the same. All of my mother's sisters look exactly the same. So we'll go into the um, bathroom and I'll be like, why do you look like you just get slapped on the face? And that's because like three different aunts have put blush on our face. And you know what? I wish I could, my mother puts herself together. She's a stunningly beautiful woman. She always is turned out. I don't, I think probably because she did that, I rebelled and I don't do that. Unless I'm on camera, I would, I sometimes don't even brush my hair. It's bad, but I wish I was someone who lived the French way and like put makeup always on. looked chic yeah and- so I didn't really wear makeup in in um in high school I didn't experiment with it and in college I should have put on makeup and I somebody should have told me to pluck my eyebrows I don't know why nobody gave me that yeah, I lesson. also didn't know about eyebrow plucking until much much much, Here's much something later I want to share with your younger viewers yeah listeners I know I keep doing it too please wear sunscreen and moisturize that face because nobody told me to do that. Now we have wrinkles I don't want to have and I see the women who did take care of their skin and it makes a difference. And your mother As might not tell you. As I search your face for any signs of Are wrinkles. You I look like the Crypt Keeper. But your mother sometimes <laughs> doesn't tell you to do that. Yeah. If you're not, a, if you don't have a mother that goes and gets facials, then you are not getting the proper skincare. You need to find a mother who has great skin, and you need to ask her her secrets. Because <laughs> my mother's it. best friend, Maura Doogie, who is this very well preserved Jewish woman who just knew about facials, she she called me aside and she said, "Listen to me, your mother's not getting facials. She's not going to tell you to get them. You need to start." And because I didn't start young, I still don't take care of my. my I got to be honest. So. I don't think I've even had a facial till I was in my late 20s. But did your mother tell you to put sunscreen on? Yes. Yes, that she did. Because because my grandfather had skin cancer and my mom has had like skin cancers removed from her face and stuff. So she was great about saying, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you should have worn more skincare. Sunscreen, however, you're gorgeous. How boring. boring. We're boring Um, everybody with this. But uh, I want people to know. um, Moisturize. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is, I'm, I gotta. Get, I want to make sure I get that. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was so boring, but I mean it. I gotta. Get, no, first of all, it's not boring, I and and it. everyone needs to. Be, listen, I need to be reminded to wear sunscreen, not just on my face, but all over. Because when yes. you're driving, I this oh, I side of that. my body is leather more man. marked. The man. The left like, side of my body. I the like Terminator man. I do Wait, like Terminator. T2. I'm like thinking of a Terminator T2. too. I don't know. Isn't he like shiny I'm, and silver? Probably, but that's how I feel. My you look like you like- made a Mercury. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have a special announcement. I'm no longer embarrassed by my brother, my brother and me. You know, for years, each new episode of this supposed advice show was a fresh insult, a depraved jumble of erection jokes, ghost humor, and frankly, this is for the best, very little actionable advice. But now, as they enter their twilight years, I'm as surprised as anyone to admit that it's gotten kind of good. 
Justin, Travis, and Griffin's witticisms are more refined, like a humor column in a fancy magazine. And they hardly ever say Bazinga anymore. So, after you've completely finished listening to every single one of all of our other shows, why not join the McElroy Brothers every week for My Brother, My Brother and Me. The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Diablo 4. Final Fantasy 16. Street Fighter 6. Baldur's Gate 3. Starfield. Spider-Man 2. Master Detective Archives Raincoat for Nintendo Switch? No, is that just me? (laughs) (laughs) It's a huge time for video games. You need somebody to tell you what's good, what's not so good, and what's amazing. I'm Jason Schreier. I'm Maddie Myers. And I'm Kirk Hamilton. We're the hosts of Triple Click a video game podcast for anyone who likes games. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. I'm going to play a quick game with you just because I have so much other stuff, but I, I'm excited because I think you'll enjoy this. Okay. It's an, it's an either or. You just okay. have to pick. You just have to pick. And then you can explain your reasoning okay. if you want to. Outrageous Fortune. Bet Midler or Shelley Long? Bet Midler. Hundred beaches, Bette Midler or Barbara Hershey? Bette Midler, and you know Julie Klausner said some very unkind things about Barbara Hershey in in a podcast. She said, "Who cares about her character?" And you know we don't need to see her, and she's just a sad sack. But I think that movie, in the movie, beaches. in the movie, but I wouldn't. The movie doesn't work unless you have the Barbara Hershey. I please tell me that you're about to say there's no point in having wings unless there's wind exactly. beneath them. Exactly, there has to be wind beneath them. <laughs> there has to be. But I'll choose Bet. <sighs> if this is all Bet Mither choices, I'm always going to choose. Bet. It's not. It it opens up, but not okay. before I ask. Big business, Bet Midler or Lily Tomlin? Lily Tomlin. Ah, I Lily knew Tomlin. it. Lim- Although, okay. sadly, if we were to do a remake, I would, would be with Bet Midler, and Lennon would play Lily Tomlin. I, have I don't disagree with that. I don't office. disagree with and that. And Lennon and I in our office. We did you? Were you poster. available when we watched it at my yes, house? Yes, and you okay. know it did not. I couldn't hold remember. Up. It I know. didn't. It was way too long. I still love it though. Yeah. Um, that scene in the bathroom is amazing. Okay, so we okay nine to five. Dolly Parton, Jane Fonda, or Lily Tomlin. Now is this who am I or who no, do I want to be? There's Dolly even Parton, it's, it's whatever you want. It's Dolly whatever Parton. motivation you want. Although I would wear that kimono jacket that Lily Tomlin's wearing. That's right. And that's back, by the way. Kimonos are back. I have a kimono that if I trotted it out of my home, it would be... It would look gorgeous I would look you. like Lady no, Gaga. it would if, look gorgeous. But lucky. of course you own a kimono. I, I knew It's you a did. bright orange kimono. <laughs> it's an old antique vintage of course kimono. I would expect nothing less from you. <laughs> I really would. I would expect nothing less. Donna Fineglass slash Furman could also put that <laughs> yes. on and trot it out. Uh, Laverne or Shirley? Oh, I am a Shirley for sure. Lennon is Laverne. Kate or Allie? I'm a Kate. Mork or Mindy? I just wanted to throw Mork in a guy. Mindy. I just wanted to throw in a guy. I love them both, but I would rather be Mork. Of course. <laughs> I think we all And would. live in an egg. I could oh, really use Mork. that comforting egg, you know, I can't right believe now. I just said, oh, Mork. Oh, Mork. <laughs> I watch no that way, show a lot. There's no way to lovingly <laughs> caress that word. Oh, Mork. Oh, Mork. Give it to me, Mork. To me. <laughs> Harder, faster, Mork. Whoever invented the name Mork is a genius. Yeah. Who? There should be more Morks. <laughs> Mark, it's Mark. It's Mark. I just so, put that it's together. So it's the alien version of Mark. It's so close. It's That's so what's amazing about we were it. Believe. And were they? Do you think he was sex? like Merk? 
No. Merrick? Mer- no. no. Mar- like all the vowels and then got to Mork and we're like, that's comedy gold. Were the two of them doing it? I think later on. That's disgusting. <laughs> but she, at first she was just caring for an alien and letting him live in her house. Because doesn't, wait, isn't it Mork who gets pregnant isn't there a thing where it's like oh gross <laughs> isn't it, gross. i thought it was a thing where the per, the male of his species carries the baby yeah, if i'm making true. this up no that's right? absolutely on true. orc and also do all of the characters have orc incorporated so. into their I names think so and why was his egg still there wasn't it in their backyard or something he would go and sleep <laughs> in it sometimes that's crazy <laughs> like that's a tent crazy. that a little kid has in the backyard <laughs> to just get away from it egg. all I don't know, but I'm pretty sure he gets pregnant. I think he does, too. We might have to revisit some of these. The people who were making those shows had done so many drugs in the 70s that, like, I just feel like we were taken on a wild ride as children, and we didn't realize it. Yeah, and the expectation was just, like, things are going to get wild. Who cares? Who cares? Mr. Belvedere, all those shows. Mork. God, I would kill to come up with a comedy word yeah. that's as fulfilling as more. I'm so glad that we played that brief <laughs> game. Um, was music important to you when you were a teenager? No, and it still isn't. And I feel terrible about that. I would love to be somebody who seeks solace in music. And But what does happen is my best friend Brandy makes me old school mixes. Nice. I am very hesitant to um, admit that I don't really know how iTunes really works bless you that's not right and that's embarrassing and stupid but what happens is every month or two my best friend sends me a cd of like her 25 favorite songs and then i listen to them obsessively yep and those become my songs and then she sends me another and And you don't even bother like getting the rest of the album of whatever the song is. she curates my life she loves music to her there's never a time where music isn't on in the background for her and and when I'm writing a show, I will tell her about it, and then she will send me a CD for everyone, for Fred, for Lennon, for Fred Savage, for Lennon, that and for Robbie, that is, is inspired by the show. Wonderful. She is, I have the best <gasps> best friend in the whole world. What a great It's very tidbit. Anna and Diana Berry. Absolutely. It is Anna and Diana. Yeah, oh, I forgot I was going to say, I yes. bet you love that moment in all the old school Masterpiece classics where the girls pinch their cheeks oh, God, to get the yes. blush oh, instead yes. of the family. Do Anne does that right before, Anne and Diana do that right before, before she walks Christmas across ball. the Christmas yes. ball. Yep. I knew it. I thought of that when you were talking yes, about all the blush. blushing. Old school blush. No wonder you don't use a lot of blush because, you know, that. you could all just pinch your cheeks. Do that. We can just pinch our cheeks and that's it. It's a simple. It will last for all of five minutes. Yeah, but still, give and you just have flush. to keep aggressively pinching your cheeks nonstop. Um, I am so into the fact that she makes mixes. Is there a song that... What gets harder and harder about music nowadays is that in the old days, I was obsessed with music and it used to be like lovingly caress the jewel case and look at all the artwork inside and and know the band members' names. And I'm wondering, some of you younger listeners, male or female, are you still... Do you still know as much about bands and where they come from and who's in them and or all of that stuff as I used song. to? Or, yeah. is it, or is it like you know you like that song and maybe you never even get into the catalog of this band That's or whatever? That's very interesting. I would like to know that as well. Because I don't know if it was an age thing or if it was like a technology thing. Yeah. But what is there a song that you are And are people obsessively- still making mixes for each other? <clears throat> I think they are. And and how do they send them to each other? I think that they like, give them. You can give them in an MP3, or you can even gift them via so iTunes. Like our our boyfriends and girlfriends still making each other mixes. Our best friends still like communicate. Because so. you remember so. when you'd get a mix from a guy, yeah. you would 
you would it was like a treasure trove and you could oh, like is this song about me is this song about right what does yeah. he mean by this song oh i have all of those i mean cassettes i love that you kept that stuff. and they would remember people would make you the um the cover oh yeah you know the case I mean? was like a huge deal it. oh man i wish i had saved some of that yeah stuff. i, I do all I'm that not stuff. good about saving stuff i have one box of letters that- i'll tell you though you got to be careful when you open those because what happened was my mother when we were moving out of our childhood home my parents sold the home and moved up to new hampshire which i took very hard i yeah. i obviously need to get a grip but i cried for like a week about it this was last year. I think that just is a testament to the memories and the fact that it meant so. I mean, everyone thought it was a little much in the family. <laughs> like no one quite knew when it was the crying was going to stop. Oh, no. And my brother didn't even care enough to come home. And even though we found like a hundred of his bongs, he'd hid all over the attic. <laughs> he was like, "Can you guys save those for me?" I'm like, "You're a doctor." <laughs> You're an you're like an That's eye amazing. surgeon. Get over it. So anyway, um, you know a lot of people smoke pot for glaucoma. It's tr- it's true. It's true. I can only assume that's why I could, he became. That's an why he did it. I'm sure that's why he became an optometrist. Um, but he uh, what happened? Oh, my mother goes. Oh, there's a um, there's a black trunk that is locked up there that I think is Ooh. yours. Now my mother used to like to pick through things mm. so i locked all my shit up because i'm like i'm you. not getting you know and this was probably i locked i think i locked it up after college these were every letter i had been sent from childhood to 22 i read through them all some of them were breakup letters i had never read only read once in my life too painful put it in the box i reread them all i then <gasps> became convinced that i needed to call all of my ex-boyfriends and apologize for certain things. And I was convinced they would want to hear from me. Thank God my, my other best friend, Kristen from college said, Jessica, not everybody has a black box. They don't yeah. want to hear from you right oh now. Oh my God, but it all became so real again. It's yes, so visceral. That's the other thing with email. You don't see their handwriting. Yeah. But when you read a letter, you remember their voice. It's yeah. like you are back talking to yeah. them again it was intense i don't recommend it wow i do not wow. recommend it do you know those letters that are that are like someone's I'm carving your heart right out now i'm yeah. thinking back right also, now also uh the movie adventureland reminded me of how when you're like 22 21 you love with a reckless abandon there's like you don't know how it's fiercely fiercely, fiercely. and you're not you don't you're not guarded because you almost in some ways don't know how much things don't really screw up your life then yeah losing somebody that you love is not going to ruin your life but then when you get older you have to shut some of that down because you can't live that way and that's what i remembered is that that person that, that loved like that but also was very careless with people's hearts and i did not care for that part of me and i wished i could go back and apologize you know what this reminds me of too it's is really the people like no, but it's good. Yeah, it, it reminds me of um, and I know that there's a show about this now that I've never watched, but uh, but you know how Mary Lou Henner has perfect yes. autobiographical memory. That if you've seen that 60 Minutes special where they talk yes. about the fact that the emotion, the emotional memory is just as real because if every single thing that happens to you feels like it happened at yesterday, the how same do you way, survive? how do you, because you would, you wouldn't have to read the letter. That memory would just be with you all the time if exactly. you so chose to revisit it and, when you're and like, would feel that intense. And when you're like 17 and you're going through a bad breakup and you're crying all the time, it, there's something romantic about it. Right. When you're like in your 20s, late 20s, early 30s and that's happening. Happening, people say things like maybe you should see a psychiatrist you're imbalanced you're really imbalanced like maybe you need to get off sugar you know or something yeah. you know so that time where you could just like 
not only throw yourself into the happiness, but also the sadness of it. Like mm. that was like a really magical time. I mean, this is the thing. It's like Marilla says, you know, you don't have to feel so much in either direction. And Anne know, wants to feel does, it. But she does. She and has again, to be in the depths that of way. despair. You're born that way. Yeah. You can't stop yourself from feeling that stuff if that's how you're made. Um, I, I regret that in some ways I regret that I do any acting at all because I feel like I'm so emotional and I get teased about it so much. And now everyone has the go-to of like, and that's why you're an actress or yeah. like, I get it. You're an actor, like rolling your eyes, like, yes. Oh no, my, <laughs> my raw capacity for emotion is completely being now being face. thrown back at me ironically. And it's given me a thing to be embarrassed of in a, in a new way. Yes, oh, thanks. Now I can be embarrassed way. in a like, new way. Like I just started crying seconds before I came in here because our, our writer's assistant, it was her last day today. And so she left to go on a vacation with her parents. I mean, she has to move on with her life, but I literally turned around. I said, Laura, I'm going to need you to exit this room. I'm starting to cry oh, and just get out of this no. room. And she was like, Okay. And I was like, I love you. Please exit the room right now. And then Lennon's like, this is great. You're crying even before this podcast starts. But like, <laughs> sometimes you don't want to love something so much because it hurts. I know. But you know what? But you do want to love something I, so you much do. that it hurts. You because want to. It doesn't stop you from the, the hmm. down. You know, if you like prepare yourself and say, well, I'm not going to get excited about this. No, no. Yeah. That's, well, I think, and that is such an interesting thing to point out because I have realized that also especially with all the ups and downs of like show business and getting attached to stuff and having to be so tough and um build a thick skin and all of that but but way above and beyond career stuff um i think that is a really it ties so well into what you said about being born with it which is that if you are going to feel the ups and the downs you can stop yourself from feeling the ups you will not be able to yes, stop yourself in the, the same way from come. feeling the downs. And I've never thought about it that way until you just said that right now. So sorry, everyone, that I'm having this Oprah light bulb moment. Uh-huh. But I really, I'm. you might as well celebrate and let yourself soar. Because if you're the kind of person who's going to... F- you know, feel tempted to feel that it probably means that you're going to feel the downs anyway. So why not? Why not? Why not why, celebrate? Why deprive yourself of it? It's true, but it is hard because oh, I think so every true. human thinks that they can protect themselves from the down. Yeah. But the down is also what makes you feel alive and like, to feel the ups and appreciate the ups. I mean, I'll get real depressing, but my my bet my oldest childhood friend um, Kelly Feeney, who was in who was in high school with me, she got leukemia the day that I found out my show got picked up. She found out she. Had leukemia the most horrible kind and I have been with her through this whole year and I I will say this I would not trade that journey for anything because it's painful and she's doing really well now she has her second bone marrow transplant she has a new lease a new chance of life and it's amazing but we have been through some valleys obviously so much worse for her it's her own but I wouldn't trade that because we have we have shared things that we would have never shared you know, I, of course, I would never wish her to be sick, but I'm saying I would never shy away from the darkness. And I think for so long, I tried to stay away from anything dark mm. and anything too sad. I thought it would infect me. And now I'm like, you know what? Bring it on. Because why else are we here? We're here for only we're such we're here on this planet for a short time. Yeah. You got to feel it, you know, yeah. because that's how we we are human. We're like we reach out and say, I know you're scared. I'm going to sit here w- with you during it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyway, that's just been, that's why during this experience while we were shooting, because this has been my dream to do my own show since I was 12 years old. And I thought to myself, you know what? I remember Kelly and I'd say, I don't know how long any of us have. I'm going to try to enjoy this moment, even if it's hard. That doesn't mean it wasn't hard. Yeah. But for the first time ever, I thought I'm going to actually try and be in the moment and enjoy it because I don't know why, why spend the whole time worrying? Is there going to be a second season? Am I going to be homeless in three years? I mean, probably with the <laughs> well, amount we know of you're going to blow all your money at this point. Of course, but that's what your friend's public school salary yes, is for. Exactly. That's what her, her pension is for. She's putting things away. She's socking it away. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, so no, depressing. I, I, I love that you shared that. And I think it's so, that's so incredibly important. And I have to say, it's hard to come back from something so meaningful and um, I'm looking down at the stuff that I had written down and it organically turned out that I've covered everything and it's been an hour. I love it. So Thank we've you for made it happen, me. but I do feel as sad as I thought I would and it's over. <laughs> I know, but aren't oh, you that happy that you, you let yourself enjoy it? I know we were going to feel this sadness anyway. We knew it You're was so coming. Right. Right. I knew it was coming. Then I, <laughs> then I let it go. I enjoyed it. It's back. It's bittersweet. Here we are. Um, thank, thank you for you having so me, Janet. Much for this is such a wonderful out. podcast. I love. Thank I love so all the positive uh, energy that goes into it. Well, I I thank you and uh, and guys, please uh, watch and support the show because it's it's wonderful and it's I'm uh, there's a lot of great stuff happening for women in in television right now. But I I think something that is is that female friendly and is that um unapologetically just authentic and delightful is uh is still very few and far between so a little girl with a dead tooth is on billboards all over los angeles <laughs> so if it could happen for me it is such a you. great point oh guys let's go celebrate all of our dead teeth for some of us a dead tooth isn't necessarily a dead tooth yeah we all have an el guapo <laughs> For some of us, El Guapo, maybe shyness, dot, dot, dot. I leave you with the three amigos. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, number one, we could save kittens from trees. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.